Hello and welcome to the Talking Bible Podcast. My name is Brayton and I am joined by my co-host Nathan. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about our testimonies. This is episode one of the Talking Bible Podcast. All right, so we're going to start out with my testimony. So basically, I was born in the church, grew up in the church, um, I spent a lot of time knowing God, but not really knowing God. Uh, And then in my teenage years, I kind of drifted away. So middle school, high school, I was hanging in a group that probably wasn't the best for me. And I started to question God and I had doubts about God. And then um, eventually I stopped attending church in general. And um, that was because I had some beef with the church Um, There was a couple of things that happened in my youth group, Uh, like one time I was was there after a basketball game, and I made a point. I was like, I'm going to go to youth group tonight. I'm going to um, be there, even though I'm tired, even though I'm sweaty, even though I'm gross. I want to go to youth group because I want to be around Christian people instead of the friends that I'm hanging around. And we went to the back because we were going to play like dodgeball or something, some game. And at the time, a leader um, came up to me because I was was sitting down. I wasn't playing the game with everybody else. And basically what he told me was, if you are not going to play the game, then you are not a Christian. (laughs) Basically, that's what he was saying because he was like, he was like, Brayton, if you're not playing the game, then you're not loving on your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're not doing that, you're, you're not living out the principles of Christ. Therefore, you are not a Christian. You are not a disciple of Jesus. So wow, that's a really holy leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of took me away from the church for a while. Um, and I was doing my own thing. I was, you know, living my own life, playing sports, um, really focused on that, focused on girls, um, (laughs) all of that stuff. And then um, when I was in my junior year, I did this thing called Running Start, where it's like early college. So I was getting my AA early um, while I was in high school. And at that time, I really like lost my whole entire friend group because Nobody wanted to hang out with somebody who wasn't going to like actual school, who wasn't hanging out with them at school. Um, so through that, I kind of started attending church again because I I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do. And the way that I'm going isn't really fostering growth, but I wasn't going to go back to my, my home church. I wasn't going to go back to the church that my parents were going to. So I went to um, this place called New Heights. And I was starting to go to the youth group. I wasn't going to the services. I was just going to the youth group. Um, and how, it was pretty... How old were you? I was, I was uh, 16, 16. And how old were you when that first, like when you stopped going to church originally? Uh, I think seventh grade. Okay. Seventh grade. And then my, my parents would force me to go to some youth group occasions, mm-hmm. like uh, summer camp. I was forced to go yeah. to summer camp yeah. one of the years. Um, and I really didn't want to go because I had sports and I was like, yeah. I don't want to go to a place where I'm not going to be loved. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, 
that happened and I started going to New Heights, started connecting with some of the guys there and I went to the summer camp over there and it was really impactful. It was like, you know, I was starting to realize my, uh, my walk with Jesus again. I was starting to realize my relationship again. Um, and then I stopped going to that because I lost my friend group over there. Um, and then I kind of just hit like a low point or whatever in my life where I just wasn't going to church. I wasn't attending any youth group at all um, after after that. And then um, one of our like old church members, Monique, mm-hmm. uh, she came over to the house um, and she had dinner with my family um, and we were just talking about uh, the church. And I was like, yeah, when I was going to church, like there was there was, you know, so much wrong with it. And she was like, yeah, there's still, there's still problems with the church today. And like, I'm, I'm, I try to, you know, talk to people about it and we, we need to make a change. And I was like, I was hyped up about it. I was (laughs) like, you know, I'm going to come into that church and I'm going to make changes, (laughs) you know? And, um, yeah. So I, I started coming to church in the second week, uh, pastor Mike, I hadn't said anything at all, but, um, our pastor, Pastor Mike Blondino, came up to me. Yeah, his father <laughs> uh, came up to me, and he was like, hey, uh, we should get a meeting. I've heard that you have some ideas for for the church, um, and I would love to get together for you, <laughs> like with you. And um, I was like kind of crapping my pants. I was <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, like... I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to, I'm going to definitely come in there, yeah. you know, guns a blazing, saying everything that's wrong with the church and why it should change. And I got to the meeting and I was there and I was explaining to him all of these things that I had wrong with the church. And he was just explaining to me, like, like I, I went into how it's organized and everything like that. And I just, I totally underestimated how much experience he had had in ministry. Hmm. And like from an outside's perspective, you you think that ministry is so easy, hmm. but it's really not. There is so much complexity to it because you're dealing with people and each person is different. Everybody's exactly. going to have a different taste of what they want for ministry. Right. So I came into that meeting thinking I was going to change everything. And then I came out of that meeting like, I just want to serve. So interesting. Yeah. So it was like something had changed into me where it was like this prideful attitude to being like, okay, I've just been humbled. Yeah. And I want to, yeah, something similar to that has happened to me too. So I'll I'll go into that later. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I want to serve. And, um, so I was like, I want to get connected with the youth group and our youth pastor that time, a man by the name of John Jobin. Um, I had a meeting with him and, he was like, yeah, yeah, you, we would definitely love to get you on with the youth group. At the time, it was about uh, 10 to 15 kids showing up every week. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really close-knit. Um, and it was a really, really good youth group uh, for that time. And, um, yeah, so I got connected with them and then started going consti- consistently for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got somehow connected with this recruiter for the military. And this was my senior year in high school. Uh, I, I joined the youth group probably, you know, junior, sophomore, junior year, junior year. Yeah. Junior year in high school towards the end. 
Um, and then my senior year, I got connected with this uh, Marine Corps recruiter, and he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be, you're gonna be a badass. You know, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, we can get you connected with uh, the Marine Corps Special Operations uh, Group, which is called Mar- Marsoc." Um, and we can we can get you a straight shot to that. And the straight shot was um, joining Marine Recon, which that's the non-special operations special operations group for uh, the Marine Corps. Um, so I wanted to go in on that contract. And then he came back to me and he's like, "Hey, we only have um, infantry contracts uh, available now for the time that you want to go out." And I was like okay, let's do it. Because I, I just wanted to be in the Marine Corps. I wanted to, I, I had been, you know, immersed in content that was just all military, all stuff like that. And at the time I knew that it probably wasn't what God had had for me. When I was a kid, I had like this vision walking out of the church where God just showed me a picture of me like, in the Atlantic Ocean, like on the Atlantic Ocean, and I was off the coast of Africa, and I knew I was going to be a pastor. Hmm. Yeah, so I I was like, okay, you know, that was something that happened when I was younger, and now I'm here, and I'm like kind of doubting what God had already shown me. Hmm. So I signed on, and I didn't just sign on for a four-year contract. I signed on for a six-year contract. So I went to MEPS, I did the whole entire deal, and I was gonna go. Um, I was gonna go to boot camp uh, two months after uh, I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna leave in August. Um, so the story goes that I was playing basketball. It was my senior season, um, and. I joined because I wanted to play basketball with my friends, but I also really didn't want to join because I didn't want to risk injury before I would be sent off, you know, to uh, the military. Mm -hmm. So on the last day, you know, I'm varsity, whatever. And they say, you know, you have a space on the team if you want it. And um, I said, yes. And I knew immediately, I was like, I don't want to go because I think I'm going to have an ACL injury. How did you know? I had a weird feeling before. Why ACL though? It's like, did you already have problems with it or? No, no, no. I haven't, I hadn't had any problems with my knees. The only problems that I've, that I had had in the past were with my ankles Hmm. and my, um, my hamstrings. And the reason why I thought it was ACL, because that was the only thing that would disqualify me from military wow yeah so that that would be the only thing that could take me away from my contract um so i and that's crazy and going into signing the contract like and this was in february when i played basketball it was more like april um but you know going into to sign the contract i was like yeah i'm i'm probably this probably isn't where i should be but I'm going to do it anyway because I want to do what I want to do and I want to see the world and I want to, you know, be a badass, you know. So, yeah, I go into the basketball season um, 
saying that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be military. And I was working out like three times a day because I had basketball workouts. I had, you know, fun workouts. And then I had uh, Marine Corps workouts at our, you know, recruiting station. Um, so I was definitely putting a lot of strain on my body. And then we get into the season. It's my senior night. And I go into the basketball game and, you know, they have the announcers where what you're, you know, going to say, um, you know, what the announcer is going to say that you're going into. And my coach comes to me and, and he says, okay, what are you going to be doing? And then he said, and then I res- responded, I'm going to be kicking ass in Afghanistan, <laughs> you know, as a Marine. And then, you know, so that goes on. I'm in the game and I'm getting late game minutes because the other team is beating us pretty bad. And there's like two minutes left in the game. My teammate throws me the ball over the wrong shoulder. And this was definitely orchestrated by God because, I mean, this kind of pass just wouldn't happen. And um, I catch it, you know, and I try to stop. I try to stop because I realize that I'm right under the hoop. And immediately I feel my knee give. Yeah, so it just totally, it pops. I, I'm on the floor and I'm just like, shoot, I try to get back up because I want it to be nothing Mm -hmm. and it just pops out of place again. Um, how bad did it hurt? It actually didn't hurt as bad as my other injuries. Like I thought an ACL injury would hurt way more, Hmm. you know? Um, but you know, it didn't hurt as much as my sprained ankles, Hmm. you know? Cause I had had four in the past or whatever, and I had bad bruising on one of them and I couldn't walk, you know, but it didn't hurt that bad. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, it might not be an ACL injury. So we go to the hospital that night and they're like, yeah, it's probably not an ACL injury. Um, but we're going to need to see an MRI. So they, you know, schedule me for an MRI and I'm really anticipating it. My graduation comes. I graduate. My recruiter's there in the stands. Um, and he's like, he's, he's reassuring me, even if it's an ACL injury, you know, we'll still find a way to get you in. Um, you know, because we had talked about it and mm. stuff like that. So I wasn't worried. I was like, okay, even if it's an ACL injury, I'm, I'm going to get in. Um, so I go and do the MRI. And I get that done. Well, it turns out it's not just an ACL injury. It's a meniscus injury as well. So I tore my ACL. I tore my meniscus. And um, yeah, I have to have surgery immediately um, so that it isn't a problem, you know, later down in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call my my recruiter who reassured me that I would be able to go even if I had these injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, okay, we can get it worked out. We'll be, we'll be fine. So n- next day I go into the recruiting office because the guys are having a workout. And um, Was this after, after surgery? or did This was before surgery. Okay. So the surgery was scheduled out like a month after I got the news um, for, from said the that MRI. It had to be done immediately is what I thought. Like, yeah, so like as soon as possible. Yeah. That's Well, because it was during COVID, mm-hmm. It was like that was the soonest that they could get it from oh, wow. any doctor. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I took the first doctor that I could find. 
it, it didn't matter if they were good or bad or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was like, I just want to get it done. I want to, you know, be in the Marine Corps. Yeah. We're going to uh, have to amputate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, you know, I go in the next day to the Marine Corps recruiting office and, um, you know, because the guys are getting together to, to do a workout and I want to lead the work, like lead the workout, not do it, but just, you know, give them what they need to do for the day because I was leading all the guys at the time at the Marine Corps recruiting office. Um, and uh, my recruiter pulls me aside and it's the uh, gunnery sergeant. He also, he led the whole entire recruiting office and he pulls me aside as well with my recruiter and he's like, I'm sorry, you're a great kid, but we're going to have to remove you from the delayed enlistment program. And I was just like, well, crap. Huh. <laughs> My dreams have just been taken away from me. Like I was planning, I was like, okay, I have it all planned out. I'm going to do 20 years in the Marine Corps um, get my retirement pension and then own my own gym because I love working out. I love, you know, physical fitness and, you know, it's going to be a great thing for me because I'll get, you know, 20 years in the infantry, maybe go special ops, um, and, you know, learn skills for myself, you know, and potentially, you know, get a degree while I'm in. Um, so that was, that was a, real selling point for me is that I only have to be in 20 years and then I can go and do my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had that planned out basically. So that was all taken for me that day. Um, it was pretty crushing. Yeah, it was crushing. It was crushing. And I was just like, what am, what am I going to do with my life? Hmm. So I had all these preconceived notions like, okay, this is, this is what I got to do next because I, I want to get back up on my feet. I don't want to be alone. And then the surgery comes around and it was just extremely painful getting out of it because I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be tough. I'm not going to take the pain pills, uh, when they release me, you know, from, from surgery, I was like, no, I don't need it. So the whole entire way home, I'm just like crying like a baby because every single bump is hurting and I get to the home and then a couple of friends come over and one friend, my best friend, Tyler, uh, him and his dad comes over and the first thing that his dad gives me is a brand new leather Bible with my name on it. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a really like, I didn't know much at the time about translations and everything, but it's like, it's NASB. So it's, you know, top of the line as far as translations go. Um, and I was just like, well, there's something to read. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And I couldn't walk for a month after my surgery. So like I couldn't, I couldn't walk on both feet. I had to use crutches. Um, so I started reading, you know, since I was confined to this one place, I started reading, you know, watching TV here and there, but most of the time, like I was, I was in my Bible, you know, immense time of growth for me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, spiritually, you know, and just in my relationship with Jesus. And it's, you know, he, he put that time there for me. So it's really interesting. Yeah. It turns this thing into a good, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like something that would have been, you know, crushing, you know, I mean, that was crushing for me. He 
changed it. Yeah, he made it positive. He turned it for good. Yeah. Um. So then time comes around. I'm starting to heal. I'm back up on my two feet. And it just so happens that our old youth pastor is um, leaving. Like he's going to a different state because he's called there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was confirmed and everything like that. And he's he's just on a different path. So he's not going to be able to be the youth pastor anymore. And um, When did you get back involved with the church? Back involved with the church? Yeah. Like after your... So I was still... I was... So even with the leg injury, I was still involved in in church. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really fall away from the church. I I was just like, I'm not going to follow God's plan for me. Gotcha. You know, so I was like, I want to be in the Marine Corps, um, but, you know, I'm going to... Do it your way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the Marine Corps and I'm gonna go to church, but I, I want to do it my way. Yeah. Mm. So I was still involved with the church the whole entire time. I just didn't, I guess, realize. I realized what I was doing, but I didn't really realize what I was doing. Mm. You know, um, with just ignoring God's plan for my life, yeah. ignoring the 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 you know communication that God was having for me. You know, with me because it was right there the whole entire time. Mm. Like I had these weird feelings and they would just come upon me like, you shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. And I was like, I'm already too far in. I'm just going to go. Wow. Yeah. And I literally, at one point, I literally told God, you're going to have to forcefully pull me out of this. (laughs) It was right after. Of course you did. It was, it was right after I signed the contract. I was like, God, if you want me out of this, you're going to have to forcefully pull me out of this. Oh man, you just signed yourself. Yeah, (laughs) I did. I did. So. The healing comes, I'm starting to get back up on my two feet, I'm going to therapy, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do next? Am I going to go to school? Am I going to, you know, what am I going to find to do? Because I want to find something to do. I was either thinking school, or there was this place that you could go to learn woodworking. Not just woodworking in a general broad sense, but like fine woodworking, (laughs) where you could, you know, go to school. That's pretty cool. Yeah, get a woodworking certification and start working with your hands because I was really interested in that. Um, But then Pastor Mike, your father, comes up to me and he's like, Brayton, what do you think about um, being the youth pastor or the interim youth director? That was a weird time. Yeah. That was a really weird time. It was a weird time. Because nobody, like none of the leaders knew who was going to step up. Yeah. Uh, we weren't sure, like, are we just going to be, like somebody going to be forced into that position or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, keep going, sorry. So um, he comes up to me and he's like, okay, would you like to be the youth director? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need some time to think about it because mm-hmm. my dreams had been shattered. I don't know where my life is going. I'm 18 years old and I'm like, what the heck? Um, so it was literally a week later that my uncle, my uncle that I hadn't seen in a while, I hadn't seen in a while. Um, he comes up, you know, to, to Washington. He lives in Arizona. Um, and he says to me, so when are you going to be the youth pastor? Yeah. Or the youth director, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody had told him. Nobody wow. had nobody like my my parents. I I had only told my mother and my father, and nobody had told him anything about 
me being offered the position as youth director. So I took that as confirmation. I took that as a sign like, okay, God's calling me into this. Um, and I need to follow that calling because I had already ignored him once and I don't want to ignore him again. <laughs> so I took the position and then starting in August, we had leadership meetings and got it all going. But um, we started with the same amount of kids and now we're we're at we were at 10 because there was a drop off. Yeah, there, there was a drop off John after left. John left. Yeah, because there was a lot of kids connected to John. Um, but now we are at 20 to 30 pretty consistently. Um, so it's just been, it's been a real blessing to work with these kids because oh it's, been, it's been, awesome. yeah, it's been amazing because it's like, I, I don't know, just being involved in their lives and seeing the growth. Like I was with the kids, I mean, since they were in like seventh, eighth grade yeah. and now they're in high school yep. and you just see them growing. It's you pretty know? cool. Yeah. It's super cool. But yeah. So started there and now I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm working at uh, the Lighthouse Church. I'm, I'm the youth pastor at the Lighthouse Church in Vancouver, Washington. So, yeah. And, and young for the, for, the, for the position, but you're doing a great <laughs> job. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Nathan Blondino, how about yes. you tell us your testimony? Um, where to, I don't know exactly where to start. Just probably, well, I guess I could start. Well, yeah, I, I grew up in the church, just like Brayton. Um, my dad was always the youth pastor, or not youth pastor. He was always the, the lead pastor. He started it, you know, 20 some odd years ago. I don't remember how many it is now, but um, I grew up in the church. Um, and we had this like family crisis when I got to about seventh grade. And uh, basically like my idol, my older brother, I have four si or three siblings, um, I'm the youngest of four and the oldest is my brother. And uh, I had this big falling out with him or not falling out, but just like this family crisis. And I wasn't able to see him. Like he was kind of just like ripped out of my life. Um, and, uh, you know, being in seventh grade, I didn't really have like an understanding of why things happen and, you know, um, everything like that. But my walk with God wasn't, wasn't strong. I mean, I, I was going to church, but I never had a relationship with Jesus. And when I was in seventh grade, it was just like this, overwhelming depression and anxiety and like losing friends and all this different stuff. And I was just kind of falling apart and just hating every single day. And I got in this cycle of like waking up every morning, uh, six o'clock, going to school, getting a bunch of work, not doing any of it, getting home, like playing video games, drinking a bunch of caffeine, staying up super late. And then when my mom would tell me to go to bed, I would get in bed and I would be on my iPod and watching YouTube and all sorts of different stuff until probably like three in the morning. And then I would go to sleep for three hours, wake up and the cycle would continue. And so, um, that was just like my middle school days, but I was very depressed. Um, I was so depressed, just life sucked, you know, like life was just stupid. I hated everything. Um, I didn't take it out on people, which was, um, a kind of a blessing for me because I've taken anger out on people before, like, and it, didn't feel very good. So I was glad I didn't take it out on people. I took it out on myself. Um, but then, so I didn't have my brother. My brother's out of my life for like a couple, couple years. And, uh, uh, when I got into high school, so I got into ninth grade, um, I surrounded myself with the same people that I saw, like before my brother was gone for a while. Um, I sur tried surrounding myself with the same type of people that I saw him with because I looked up to him. 
And so, of course, like my brother was involved in drugs and I looked up to him and I, I mean, there were even instances with him where like he would show me his drugs and I was young, you know, I, was, I didn't know anything about it. And so, um, in about ninth grade, um, I was just hanging out with the wrong people, wanted to make these people like me. And so I was able to, they really, was, I fell into peer pressure like super easily because I was just, I, I wanted people to like me. I lost friends in middle school the good friends, the people that I really liked and, um, started falling away from God. Uh, well, actually let me, let me, let me take a quick step back. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, when this whole thing was happening, my life was falling apart. Uh, I went to uh, generation unleashed, which is this big youth conference for people. And we still take our youth there. Yeah. It's now called one conference, one conference. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's been, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal conference. I, I, we should never stop taking the youth yeah. there, but, um, in seventh grade, when all my well, when all this stuff was happening, it was my first time experiencing the love of God. I remember I went to, it was like a Friday night service. They have and they have like different sessions and stuff throughout the day. But the worship, it was like right after, right before the dinner service, we had worship. <clears throat> and I remember like the I, I still go back to that playlist or not playlist, but that album that they that they played that year. Because it still gives me like Holy Spirit goosebumps every time. It was like the first time that like I felt the presence of God and I just fell down weeping. It was like this overwhelming amount of emotion that was just like pouring out of me and I couldn't stop crying until even after our dinner. And I'm at youth group. I'm surrounded by people that know me. I grew up in the church um, and some of them knew what was going on, but uh, I felt I felt the presence of God. And then after that, that's when I'm, I'm like running away, basically. I know that God is there, but I'm in like active rebellion. I don't want to go back to that because you ripped Jordan out of my life and all this different stuff. And so uh, when I got to ninth grade, uh, that's when I started using drugs. Um, I smoked weed with my friends to try and make him like me. Um, and also because Jordan was a, you know, he smoked a lot. And so I wanted to be like him, but I only smoked four times before I started doing like hard drugs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was just looking for some reality that wasn't what I had that's that's that was the leading cause like i just don't want to be here yeah and it was led by depression and the enemy was obviously you know using so much of this like there's there's so many details like that i could break down with all of it but i don't really want to go into like all of the different times and things and the you know like there's a bunch of different instances of me falling and and just like like these just horrible times in my life but ninth grade uh sophomore year was really when i hit my my like rock bottom you know I'm only a sophomore and I started using psychedelic drugs and really just getting lost and um, by the time I was a junior in high school um, by the time I was a junior in high school I was like having like schizophrenic um, like episodes and stuff my mom put me into like a psych unit Mm -hmm. and uh, it you know I was just so so lost so lost it was just you know it it was just crazy I don't know i I don't know. I feel like an old man in the sense of like, I just, it's just like, I don't, I learned so much from it. Yeah. And like it, it grew my faith. Like I can look back at it now and say like, God pulled me out of so much. Like I thought I was a goner. Like I, I, I thought I was just going to continue down this path of addiction and like follow the same steps as my, as my brother. Um, and, um, and just for reference, like he's, he's doing great now. Like he's not the same person that he used to be. My brother, my brother he, he's not the same person that he used to be, but, um, uh, I'm trying to think. Okay. Yeah. So seven, when I was 17, have this big, like, uh, you know, schizophrenic type 
I don't even know how to call it, just like a mental breakdown kind of a thing. I was just lost and, um, <clears throat> and I, I wanted to kill myself. And so I tried drinking alcohol until I killed myself. Like that was my, my plan because I didn't want to still want too much of a coward is the way I was putting it to like, just like off myself. And so I drank an entire bottle of tequila, like for, uh, I got alcohol poisoning. Uh, I don't remember the night, but I woke up in the hospital with my mom crying sitting next to me. And that was a huge like wake up moment for me. Uh, mm -hmm. because the doctor came in and told me that the amount of alcohol that I drank could have killed me. And so I, my, my chest was hurting because my mom was doing like sternum rubs because every time I closed my eyes, I would stop breathing. Yeah. And so she would do sternum rubs, wake me up. And so eventually she called the ambulance like to have paramedics bring me over to the hospital and put me in you know, like IVs or whatever, like liquids, I guess. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so that was a huge wake-up moment. And, like, throughout that entire night... Oh, another funny thing is, like, I was fighting the paramedics in my underwear, like, get <laughs> off of me, you're not taking me. Like, and I don't remember any of this. So I also pissed... Or, sorry, I you know, peed on myself. It's mm -hmm. kind of embarrassing. It's, a, it's an embarrassing <laughs> night. I, I'm glad I don't remember it. That was God's grace on me over that night. But yeah, but uh, the huge thing that, like, woke me up to, like, what I was doing was... Um, <clears throat> this happened the summer after my junior year or like the summer during the summer of my junior year mm -hmm. and um, different family members sat down with me because while I was drunk that night, I was saying, I just want to die. I want to die. I don't want to be here. I want to go to heaven. I want to die. And, um, and so that broke my mom's heart, broke my dad's heart and a bunch of family members were just like, just broken up about it. And so, but the conversation that like really made me wake up to what I'm doing is my brother, like coming back into my life, um, he takes me out to go get just like fast food and just hang out. And I wasn't talking to anybody. I didn't want to talk. I was too embarrassed and too shameful to like talk about it with people. Yeah. But Jordan sat me down, like took me out in his car and basically like locked the doors. Like you're not going anywhere till we talk about this. And he just started like weeping in front of me, just saying like how much he cared about me. And it was just like, wait, people actually care about me. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was just this, I, I was especially just, for a role model, like somebody yeah. who you, yeah look up to in yeah. your life to say that they genuinely care about you yeah. instead of, you know, I mean, because that couldn't have been easy. You being separated from yeah. your brother. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was like acting out trying to be like him. Yeah. And it got to the point where I, I seriously was like thinking like, I want to be worse than him because mm. like, I want him to be proud of me when he sees me again. Wow. Kind of a thing. Because the last time I saw him, he had these super long blonde hair, like super druggy, like, like all this different stuff like that you can, yeah. you, uh, it's just like the way that I viewed him was just this, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but almost an idol a little bit. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I wore skinny jeans cause he wore skinny jeans and like <laughs> and all that different stuff. But yeah. Um, but you know, moving forward, like after that moment, um, uh, I decided like I wanted to change the way that I was walking and the, it wasn't like this big, like Jesus waking up, waking me up. Well, I, I mean, in a way it was, um, he was obviously calling out to me that whole time. Yeah. But, um, and you know, maybe we can talk about the psychedelic experiences later on yeah. or something like that, but that's, you know, I don't really want to get into that right now because God pulled me out of that. And I don't think yeah. that's like the highlight of what was going on, but, yeah. um, it was after that point when, when my brother had that conversation with me that. Um, I was like, I'm not going back to the same school. I'm not going to meet with the same people that I was meeting with. Like, I'm going to change my life. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I want to, I want to get, I want to get better. And so two weeks before school started, I enrolled at Kingsway and they don't accept seniors. 
and totally this was totally a god thing within like two weeks i got all the paper and my mom said if i want this to happen i have to do it myself because she was still like struggling with trusting me yeah and uh because of what happened and so she's like if you really want to do this because she couldn't trust anything that was coming out of my mouth so i was dealing with like schizophrenia like I, there were nights yeah that's a whole other whole other thing mental mental things she couldn't she didn't know if she if i was in my right mind or not mm. so she couldn't really trust me she just said if you do this if you want to really go to Kingsway, like you don't want to go to the school you've been going to uh, you got to take the steps. And so I filled out all the paperwork by myself, except for the stuff that she had like signed and all that other stuff and called the principal up. Like there, it was just like this whole thing. I don't know. But like within two weeks, they got me in the school. I had my, my, my enrollment, like my schedule and stuff like that. And I was able to go to the school. Wow. And it was like the best, it was the best year of school that I've ever had. Yeah. Everyone there. It's like a, my, my graduating class fit on two benches, two like church, church benches, like yeah. super small. And, um, the way that it's set up is like, it's K through 12. And so the people that are there and have been there their whole lives, they're just super close. And mm -hmm. so I thought for a little while that I was going to struggle with like connecting with people, but they were mo majority of them were all Christians and they just loved on me that whole year. And it was like, it was a really, really good year. Uh, uh, we had, to, we were for basically forced to do like a Bible class. Yeah. It's a Christian private school basically. And yeah. Um, my Bible teacher and I, at, 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 when I started that year, so I hadn't really had my come to Jesus moment until I was at, I was in his class mm -hmm. and Mr. Cleansing I, I love that guy. He was, I still love him. He gave me the Bible award that year for like, for like seeking out the truth basically. Yeah. Cause at the start of the year, I told him, I don't believe in God in front of the whole class. Like, wow. I, I, I told him that bold. I, I told, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I was still angry at God, obviously, but I like sat, like I, I said it in front of the whole class. I don't believe in God, but like, I want to know the truth. So if you didn't believe in God and you were so bold about it, then why would you want to go to a Christian school? I wanted to get a, well, that, I mean, that's, I think it kind of all played, God had a plan. Yeah. God had a plan. And uh, I, the biggest thing is like, I wanted to get away from the lifestyle that I was living. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't dead set on like, I wasn't dead set on like, I want to go back to Jesus. Like mm. I just didn't have, like, I had this one good moment in seventh grade, but like throughout that, I just didn't, it just didn't, I'm like, I don't know. I had this, I guess this mindset of like, Jesus, where are you? Like, yeah, I don't see you right here with me. Mm. And looking back on it, I can see his hand over it all. Yeah. And like the, his protection over me and like, um, just how he got me out of it. Like I can look back at it now, but like when I was in it, I couldn't see it. Um, but throughout that year, like I got close with, I mean, man, it's just thinking back, thinking back on it now, it's just kind of crazy just because I haven't thought about it in a while, but yeah. My senior year was like when Jesus found me. And it was after that entire year. I did really good in school. Like I had never done good in school, like ever. Mm -hmm. Like never. Like and so like by the end of the year, my my GPA was like a 3.5 or like a 3.6 or something like that. And that was like the best that I've ever had. Yeah. You know, and like I was doing really good math, helping people, tutoring people. That was my senior project was like tutoring people. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. It was like a really good year. But uh the summer came around and um my teachers all agreed that they wanted me to go to the summer camp that they put on. And it's yeah. like a five day long thing. And the pastor, Greg Laurie, um, I think he's the, he's the guy. Yeah. He's Jesus revolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, so, I'm pretty sure he's a pastor at harvest, harvest, harvest church. Yeah. Hmm. He, he might've actually started harvest church, hmm. but yeah. Yeah. He's the pastor as Jesus revolution. So he came to that. That's and, amazing. That's awesome. And that, and uh, from his message to, we all broke out in prayer afterwards asking God, like, what is our identity? 
And like God just like plainly just like spoke it to me. Just he's like, you're um, you're a lover, not a fighter kind of a thing. Like, I, I don't remember like the exact word. It was some had something to do with love, like your lover, basically, just like you love you want to love on people. I don't know. It was just like, but it, God spoke it to me. And it was just like right after that, we then broke into this small group of talking about like the areas of our life that we want to work on and like coming clean about what we're doing and and stuff. And I just like laid it out on the table like I drink, I do drugs and all this stuff and like and just kind of laid it out there. And I, you know, struggle with all these different things. And I just broke down weeping. Yeah. In, fr- in front of all these seniors that have been doing school with me for this past year and just didn't know anything that was going on in my life. And so I just broke down. Just God met me there. I sat down with the pastor, the youth pastor for that, for their youth group. Mm-hmm. My, um, my dad designed a house for him. So I actually got oh, to meet him again cool. after the fact. That's and super stuff. cool. Yeah. So uh, he knew my name, but, uh, he sat down with me, gave me some verses and stuff and God just found me. And so I like, um, I started same thing that you had where you were just like angry about the church and the people and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, there was a long time where I wasn't going back to the church and it was because I didn't want to try and make those connections again. Oh, they know stuff about me. Oh, they know I've done drugs. They won't Mm -hmm. trust me again. I'll never be good enough to go to the church and they're just going to judge me as soon as I show up. I had all these different things that were running through my head. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was really like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. It took me a long time to like actually like get back into church and stuff, but I love Jesus. Yeah. I've, I think that's one thing that like you can you can draw you can draw the line like okay you know church Jesus and people will always say that they will like even even people who aren't Christians mm-hmm. they will say well I still like Jesus yeah you know like yeah exactly I still like Jesus yeah. I just don't like the church yeah, exactly yeah no no yeah hundred yeah, percent yeah people people have a lot of problems the, the thing about the church is it's filled with a bunch of people yeah it's like that's the problem with the church is it's we're all a bunch of broken people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I ended up getting, I was more into youth ministry than I was into like Sunday. You, you know this, like, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I, I struggled with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God's been showing me how important I'm an introvert. I don't want to be around people because of my past. Like there's obviously shame there. And I feel like if people get too close, I want to keep them at arm's length a lot of the time because I don't want them to see like what I've been through and like what I've done and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, mainly like drugs and all that stuff. Like anybody anyways, like, um, God's pulled me out of a lot and now I'm serving in youth ministry. I love Jesus. I got filled with the Holy spirit. Um, it's pretty sick, man. Uh, yeah. You got the power living inside of you, but yeah, it's, it's super exciting. Cause we just had one of our youth that got baptized in the Holy spirit. And that's like, that was we got to so see, cool. I know dude, we the got to spiritual see laughter. I've never seen like, like, Okay, I've seen spiritual laughter, mm-hmm. but I've always been skeptical. Yeah. You know, I've been, like there's been sometimes where I've gone to super, you know, charismatic Pentecostal churches and I don't you can't really tell if people are forcing it. Like I don't know, I'm a little bit skeptical. Like I want to see, okay, is this the truth? Yeah. You know. No, 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 yeah. And like you know, this kid who got filled with the Holy Spirit, like he's not really super, you know, he doesn't show a lot of himself. Yeah. You know, he's kind of insulated. He's a little bit, you know, introverted like you, a little bit awkward. Um, But that night where he was just filled with the Holy Spirit, you saw like something happening like on his face Mm -hmm. where it was like, he's like, I'm unsure about this. Yeah. You know, we were... He he didn't even have words to express what was going on, which was like the, that was like the innocence of it and like the the whole heart, like... I trusted what he was going through because oh, he, yeah. he didn't even know. Oh yeah. He didn't even know what it was. And he was yeah. like, why am I laughing yeah. right now? You know, but he was like, it, the laughter broke out. He was like, Brayton, I need to tell you something. And then 
as soon as he was trying to get the words out. Like he just burst out laughing. Yeah. So and he was trying to tell me what what you know he what he was trying to say the yeah. whole entire and night he, he and he could. couldn't get it out <laughs> because he was just laughing and yeah. and you know the next day he finally told me what he was trying to say yeah. but um it was just amazing to see like God work in that because mm-hmm. like all of the kids like were ch- like the boys in the house who saw that were like changed they were yeah. like. Oh my gosh! Like this is yeah. God, God. I mean, it was it was a physical manifestation of the power of God. Yeah, you know, through someone. Yeah. So that was that was and a it was cool infectious. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very was, much so. It, it was it was very very cool, and it's I think it's people have told me it's like super rare to actually see fruit. Yeah. In, in youth ministry. Yeah. And I trust that like I trust that God has us here doing what we're doing because it will have a lasting effect. Like it'll it'll ca- like I believe that even though youth that we don't see any fruit in or that they're not. Um, I don't know, just not super receptive of it. Like it might take some, inst- like, you know, later down the road, 30 years, 20 years down the road that takes them realizing they need Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but to have actual fruit like right in front of us, very encouraging. It's super cool. Yeah. It's super oh cool. My gosh, yeah. And you like go back to those experiences where like, you know, where I wasn't necessarily following God and like, I go back to like my lows, you know, in life. And it's like, you know, you can look back to those and you can kind of focus in, but it's like when God lays like, like even like talking this out, talking out my testimony, like today I was going in and I was like, what am I going to even talk about? My testimony's mm. kind of bland. You did great. I, I, Well, and then it's like, I go to talk about it and I realize there's so much like, there's so much beauty in everybody's testimony. Yeah. Like they will overcome by the word of their testimony and by the, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's yeah. what Revelation says. Yeah. No. And it's like, it's, it's so cool just to see like, like to talk my life out, like how it's laid out mm-hmm. and the detail of it, the beauty of it. Yeah. And it's like, that's interesting to say that, you know, looking at it, like it's, it's like looking at a piece, like I can, I can zoom in on the art that God has made and then be like, Oh, that's so insignificant. That's just a couple of pixels or whatever. Mm. And then if I zoom out, it's like, Oh my gosh, this makes a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. You know? So like, I think that's like, as far as like talking about our testimonies and like, I mean, it's just the way that like we've come to Christ, yeah. you know, it's so different Yeah, and it's so unique. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, no, no, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, so like, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's like I can think that my testimony's bland, and to someone else, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a touching testimony, yeah. and you know, so I don't know. It was really cool to talk it out and just be like, okay, this is, this is powerful because, like, you know, my testimony is able to change the way that somebody views God. I like, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's, I don't know. It has I power. Like, yeah, like, testimonies well, have well, power. The thing is, like, you can go and you can debate with somebody yeah. for hours about, like, the existence of God and mm-hmm. the, uh, the truth behind the Bible and stuff, and you can go through fact and fact and fact, and they probably won't get it. But if you say, if you sit down with them and say, this is what God did in my life, mm-hmm. and I believe he can do it for you, too. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter what the science and the arguments, all the different things that they had stocked up, ready to go before yeah. your conversation, none of that matters because it's I have experience in my life that has... And it's it's like the only explanation is God. Yeah. And and that now my continued walk with him. Like I walk I meet with him every day. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, you know, like even if somebody was looking at your testimony and they were just picking out the facts, like you have your testimony written down on a piece of paper and yeah. they were picking out the facts, they can't they can't understand 
Yeah, like that's true. the intricacy of it, yeah. you know, like like how I just had this inert feeling like, okay, something I'm not su- there's something wrong. Yeah. There's something wrong with me and this choice that I'm making to mm-hmm. go into the military. You know, so it's so it's so interesting, though, because like I'm not going to fully understand your testimony. I'm not going to fully understand your story. I don't really. Some, yeah, no, keep going. I like your testimony. <laughs> I like your testimony because it's like it shows you like where God can take you from. Like and even like it's 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 super it's it, I don't know. Your testimony is like super intricate, you know, hmm. but we all have good testimonies. Yeah, we all. We all have, you know, even we if you were like born somewhere. and raised in the church and you were My dad's a frick my, my dad's a pastor, you yeah. know, like his testimony is super interesting yeah, too. It is. Yeah, it's super interesting. Have I told you about the picture of what, him? What picture? The pre and post Jesus picture when it, when, it, when he was like fifteen. No. So there's like these two pictures next right next to each other of when he was fifteen and it's like pre Jesus on the bottom and post Jesus right after it. And the first one, you know, he's got the mustache and like the long hair. It looks like he's in a band and stuff. He's just like hanging out with his bros. Yeah. And then the picture right after that, he's got combed hair, his mustache is trimmed, <laughs> and it's like post Jesus. Super cool. Like oh, showing that's... like he found Jesus because it's a cool it's a cool picture. I'll have to round scrounge it up for you or something. Yeah. But, yeah, no, but it's su- it's super cool. Like even just in the past week, like there's been some in the church, there's been some just amazing healings like mm-hmm. happening, not, not even just the past week, but the past month. Mm-hmm. And it's been something that, um, Mike in particular, you know, has been praying for because we've started this one year. Um, I want to see healing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, uh, but it's like, it's something that he's going for in prayer every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, and he's just starting to see the fruit and he's been going at it for like about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, you know, the church gets together for prayer, yeah. you know, at well, 630. The interesting thing about that is like, uh, I don't know if you know who Andrew Womack is. If you, if you, have you ever heard him before? I actually love the guy. The name sounds familiar. If uh, maybe, maybe later you can look him up because yeah. he has like a healing ministry and stuff like that. He's, mm-hmm. I, I love the way he preaches. He's very convicting, but, um, you know, you hear about like because he has a healing ministry. You hear about all these different healings that he has. He has a really, really cool testimony about his son. If you mm-hmm. if you don't like, his son died, was put in a morgue, had a toe tag on, and him and his wife they prayed to have for him to be raised back up from the dead. He'll he'll you should just have to look it up. He he goes into detail on it and stuff. He would know it way better than I was his testimony. But yeah, it's like, actually it's his son's testimony. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh but no, it's uh basically what I was what I was going back to is the whole healing thing is like you hear about the really cool healings and stuff, but you don't hear about like the, you know, the hundreds of times they had to pray for it before they saw it, you know? Yeah. And the faith that it takes to continue and press on and like, yeah, and just keep going for it. Doesn't matter if you get embarrassed or somebody just, you know, puts disbelief and unbelief yeah. over it. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just like you pray because Jesus prayed for people and they were healed. Yeah. It's just like, that's, I know that happens. I know it can happen. And that's what I'm praying for. Yeah. 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 No, but it's, su- it's super cool. Like uh, recently mm-hmm. there's, been, so Actually, today. So there was a lady that... I think my dad told me about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but keep, keep, there was a lady that came up. She was literally flown to Washington. Hmm. She was flown to Vancouver by these two ladies in our church. This lady, uh, the lady who flew her up, uh, she, in October, we have this big thing. It's our harvest fair. Uh, we put it on for the community, and it's basically a safe way for kids to get candy on and have, yeah on yeah. halloween 
Um, there's fun. It's event. There's like events and like booths and stuff like that. And it's yeah. all inside the church and it's, it's safe. It's a safe area. Yeah. But we had, our, uh, for the first time, I think we had a prayer table and oh. yeah. So we had people there who were just praying for people in the community. I did not know that. Yeah. No, it was super that, cool. That's really cool. It was super cool. Yeah. Um, and pastor Mike prayed for, um, a lady who goes to our church and her name is Dawn and Dawn had heart arrhythmia. So that's something that isn't cured. Heart arrhythmia never goes away. And then she had a shadow on part of her brain because she had a stroke. So that means like there's no brain activity basically because of the stroke that happened. It had left it, you know, without, you know, yeah. So Mike and a couple of other people laid hands on her and prayed for her. And she was healed. She goes to the doctor. Her heart arrhythmia is gone. And the shadow on her brain is no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So this amazing testimony happens in in the church, you know, just where like, oh my gosh, God's moving. And that was like, you know, that was like one of the first healings that I had seen in like a long while that was like, oh my gosh, this is like, wow, this is (laughs) awesome. Like, yeah, this is unexplainable, you know, um, so she has this story. And then a couple of weeks ago, she goes to California and she meets this woman and she's dealing with something. I don't know exactly what it was, yeah. um, but she she meets this uh, woman and it was like a longtime friend of hers and they get to talking and she has health issues. Um, and Dawn tells her about this story, you know, well, her testimony, you know, where she gets healed of a shadow on her brain from a stroke and heart arrhythmia, which doesn't go away ever. The doctor was even speechless. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> the doctor actually broke down in tears because Dawn said people at a church, like, they were like, how could this have happened? And Dawn was like, I don't, I don't really know, but um, people at a church prayed for me. And then immediately it was like, they broke down in tears. Like she broke down, the doctor broke down in tears because there was no way to explain it other than God. I want to see the, I, I the pictures. See, yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. The pictures like not, not because I don't believe, but because I think it's, it would it's, be so cool. It's like, it, yeah. Yeah. Like, like just, I mean, I, I, I know that wouldn't, that's not what faith is about. It's yeah. not about seeing, but yeah. Um, I want to be, you know, I, you know, yeah. I, I want to be a part of, I want God to use me in this way. You know, like I just, I don't know. Yeah. I love preaching. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a gift. Teaching is a gift that God's given me. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. Anyways, I don't know why I was going to that. Yeah, but um, so this lady, she gets flown up. She <laughs> comes to uh, our church today, <laughs> and she has this problem where she can't open her hands. She hasn't opened her hands, like, in a long time or whatever. And I, at least I think that's the story. I could be butchering it, but... um. She, she she couldn't open her hands or there was something in her hands that were wrong. Mike prays for her. God does his thing. She opens her hands. Or whatever is in her hands that are going wrong, hmm. you know, is she's able to move her hands. Hmm. So God does a work, you know, because of somebody's faith to like come all the way up to Washington, you know, and, and healing can happen wherever you are, but it was the woman's step in faith to yeah. come and receive the healing. Yeah. 
that Christ was waiting to give to her. Hmm. You know, that that's that's, that's one that's of the cool. like, yeah. So like even in the healings in the Bible, it's like, you know, Jesus comes to the man at the pool of Bethesda. And one of the I questions Yeah, one of the questions that he asks him is, you know, are you ready to be healed? You know, are do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. And the man responds, yes. And it's because of his, like, him, you know, being open to being healed, like, and doing whatever, you know, it takes, like, to follow Jesus and to have faith in that and to be like, okay, yeah, I want to be healed. Mm -hmm. You know, because for so long he had been just sitting at that pool, you know, waiting for healing. And it's almost like an idol, you know. He's just just waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's like he's staying in the same place. There's... He's not going to get healed by mm-hmm. just being there. Um, but yeah, he, Jesus asks him, are you, are you ready to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And then he's healed, mm-hmm. you know? That's a really interesting thing about healing. It's like, you know, like, I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of healing ministry. I definitely want it to happen in our youth group. I want to see, see healings. I want to see God move. I want to see God work. And we have seen God work, but... Yeah. I want to see God work as far as um, deliverance and healing. Um, but, you know, it's like people have to be, you know, willing. I mean, that's, as, that's, that's my view. People have to be willing to be healed. If they're yeah. coming for healing, they have to be willing to be healed. Yeah. Another cool healing that happened was um, a woman in our church was having back problems. And then Mike prayed for her. And then he was like, okay, um, let's see if it, you know, did its thing. And then she was like, I still feel back pain in my lower back or whatever. And then he's like, okay, we're going to pray for you again. After he prays for her, she starts having these pops in her back. And then it just, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel better. Well, she comes back the next Sunday and she's like, the popping has not only, you know, affected my back like where it's like adjusting and shifting it's happened throughout my whole body so it's like god's doing this abiding work where it's like now her body's being adjusted and realigned interesting yeah so that the pain is going away it's hmm. like it's super cool it, yeah the the ministry of healing is super cool and it's yeah. very it's like it's because it's the unknown it's because you're walking in faith yeah you know you ask not or you have not because you ask not. Yeah. It's like if you aren't willing to pray for people, you won't see healing. Exactly. So I heard this funny, this funny thing that this um, this priest was saying. He's like, "This is the new beatitude. Blessed are the unbelievers because they will not be disappointed." <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's 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 kind of like a. It's, I mean, it's a true statement. Like, a lot of the Bible is just being obedient and doing it. Yeah. And, and it's like, and just keep doing it. Yeah. It's like, keep going. Yeah. Uh, I love speaking. Speaking in tongues has been kind of crazy. Because mm. I remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was my grandma Judy. I've had bad experiences with my grandma Judy. But she <laughs> sat me down and was like, we're baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I wasn't that young. But anyways, uh, she sat me down with Vicky Hart. And, yeah. And they baptized me in the Holy Spirit and changed my life. They just said, they waited for me to start speaking in tongues. And that's when I felt it. Like that's, that's when it, that's when I felt it. Wow. Um, and I, I had a nightmare, you know, we were talking about a nightmare earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, not necessarily similar in the sense of the topic that yeah. was going on. Uh, it was like lust, a lust dream. And it was when I was having victory over, over addiction. Yeah. And, uh, 
um, I woke up speaking in tongues. Yeah. Like, and then like, I just, I couldn't like stop it in the sense of like, I, I, uh, not sorry that's like the wrong i wanted it to keep going and i like i started being louder i always whisper it and when i'm praying i'm always whispering it uh, and it's kind of just like i don't want people to i don't know uh, I'm, I'm being a people pleaser and like not wanting people to like, hear it and like yeah i know just like be weird you know it's kind of like a weird thing people aren't used to it and stuff yeah but i woke up and i just like couldn't stop like I, it just kept getting louder and i was just like I was just going at the enemy and like I told Claire in the morning, she's like, heck yeah. Like that's like your uh, war cry, you know, kind of a thing. And it was, it was super cool. I felt the Holy spirit, but like it was yeah. coming against the enemy. It was just like hand, like, and for clarification, Claire is his sister. Yeah. That's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> and roommate. Yeah. So I've actually had a similar experience where mm-hmm. I like, yeah, I, I, I woke up from a bad, a bad dream mm-hmm. or it was something where I was like seeing something. I don't, I actually might not have been a bad dream. It, I think it was like I was seeing something mm-hmm. and it might have been demonic and it was like in the house and mm-hmm. it was just like I woke up from it and I was like kind of drowsy and I was like, I just immediately start, started speaking in, in tongues. Really? Yeah, no, it was really weird. When, because when was this? This was, this was like a week after um, you and Judy prayed for me. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. the freaking Holy Spirit goosebumps. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Oh my God. Yeah, because for the longest time, like even as a youth pastor, I was like, Dude. okay, what is speaking in tongues? You That's... know, and then Nathan, like it was probably, what do you say, six months ago? Something like that, maybe three or four. And I had never spoken in tongues before. No, no, keep it. Keep and um, so I got prayed for and then I was like, okay, what is this? I don't, I don't know what to do, you know? But it's really not about that. It's really about just letting him take over, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you literally just like kind of like let your mouth go and it just happens. Yeah. But then in prayer later that night, I was just, I was just trying, I was going for it. I was like, God, I have faith for it. So I'm going to go for it. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, it's it, weird. At first. It's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, but then I just, I just kept going for it, trying it in my day. And then the, that thing happened where it was just like, I just woke up and I was, you know, doing, doing the whole tongues thing. And it was like, Oh, this is interesting. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So what were you going to say? This, uh, an interesting thing about like, and I, you know, I don't know how, how relevant necessarily to, I don't know the connection between these two things, but like with some demonic possessions, like there will be kids that are speaking in different languages when like, when they're like, my dad calls them grumblers or whatever. Like yeah. They start speaking in like really low voice and like trying to yeah. freak you out. Cause that's all the demon, ha- like that's all the enemy has is fear. Yeah. So they try to intimidate you and stuff by speaking in these voices, but they'll speak in languages that they don't speak. Yeah. And it's like super weird, but it's like, it's such an interesting concept that like our spiritual, like the spiritual tool that we have is speaking in tongues and like the enemy has his own version of that. And yeah. It's like, it's kind of weird how they're like yeah. fighting and like God even uses it through us, like as a vessel, like the Holy Spirit speaks out through us. That's so our, weird. That's isn't interesting. That, isn't that interesting? That is super interesting. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah. That's actually, I remember talking to you, I think it was on a Sunday talking about uh, like this priest video that I was watching about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The exorcisms. The exorcisms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super interesting stuff. Yeah. And, it's building up my faith hearing like I'm like seeking this stuff out because when you're not like looking for these, um, I, 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 I look at these things to encourage me to like keep pressing on because I'll eventually see it. 
And I look back at some instances with people where it's like, I should have done something different with like somebody that I thought was like possessed or something like that. Yeah. Or has demonic oppression happening in their life mm-hmm. and not taking authority over it because yeah. I, yeah, I binding it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I had could like have authority over somebody else. Like, yeah, it's just super interesting. Like, I, I guess I just had like the misunderstanding of it. Like, well, they have to want it, don't they? And yeah. It's like, like, do they need to ask Jesus? And like, and I guess in a sense, like what happens after that is up to them in mm-hmm. the sense of like, they need to get in relationship with Jesus if they don't want this to happen. Like I can't control their life, mm-hmm. but I guess in this, in the, in the moment, like in the name of Jesus, like you need to come out of this person. Like, this, yeah. You, so, along those like, lines. Like, I mean, they have no place. They yeah. have no place there, you know? Um, yeah. That's something that Mike's been encouraging me, encouraging me is like, okay, like you have kids that, you know, are in there, you know, they might be struggling. Yeah. Um, just like declaring like the room that we meet in like as that. a place of sovereignty. Yeah. Um, you know, that no enemy, no spirit of the enemy shall come into this place and that yeah. it would be a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit and for yeah. his people. Yeah, I like that. Um, so that's, that's actually, been super, super um, encouraging and, and powerful. And, you know, I need to definitely start <laughs> start doing it. It was something he talked to me today about um, just because, I mean, the power of prayer in, in the church, you know, it's just been like, it's not necessarily that the, that the power of prayer w- wasn't, as powerful before it's just that we weren't utilizing it in the church i, I don't think it's much yeah um i agree so we're now like, we're like, like haven't been putting a focus on it like i think yeah. we have a good worship actually well yeah worship wasn't as good on sunday i, <laughs> I didn't I, it was all me 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 and it wasn't like glorifying god I yeah just, i couldn't get into it i was just having struggle i was struggling to get into it so. yeah but anyways that's a whole other thing yeah we, I, yeah i agree i think that prayer has been this like topic that like we know it's there and we're just like not utilizing the tool. And yeah. there's been like a huge um, uh, highlight on it recently. Yeah. It seems like that's what God's been like trying to get us to focus on, like the power of prayer. Yeah. And not only in like our physical church location, yeah. like in, in our community, yeah, even praying, just seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Like, and I went to, I went to Ireland a month ago mm-hmm. and that was like one of the main, like a, a big focus is 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 prayer meetings and getting together and and praying you know for people and binding the enemy and you know you know praying against his schemes mm-hmm. the schemes of the enemy and it's like we have prayer warriors here and, mm-hmm. and man, they can pray oh yeah uh they get entrenched they oh, yeah, they get yeah, entrenched yeah. in they prayer get, yeah. they're they're in the, in the i honestly think it's in. a gift yeah like, i think it's a, a spiritual gift that god has given them and, and yeah and then that's not that's not to say like that I'll never pray like them. Yeah. I just think that there is like an anointing. Like I remember yes. Lynette, like yes. I don't remember what, what, where we were meeting, but it was like some youth event and no, it wasn't. It was at, um, Tammy and Levi's house. Yeah. Uh, and Lynette just prayed and immediately I felt the Holy spirit in the room yeah. and it was just like, boom. And, 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 and I, I say it's a gift because I don't understand like how they pray like that. Yeah. But, but I know that it's comes from practice and like training themselves, like, and, and, you know, being obedient to pray and like continuing to pray and everything like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'll never get to that point, but I do think that they have like a spiritual anointing, anointing just like yeah. teaching, just like teaching. Like I think people can or, have or being, you know, like stuff. any of like you're called according to different purpose, like to the yeah. same purpose, but there's different positions yeah. in that purpose. Yeah. Like we all make up one body yes. of Christ, yeah. but there's, you know, different functions yeah. to the body. Yeah. So I, I think of Lacey for like worship. Yeah. I think Lacey has an anointing for worship. Very much so. Enters the room. Yeah. Anybody can worship, but I think having an anointing is super important. Yeah. Insane. It's just like, you know, 
Mike, he has an anointing for preaching and pastoring, you know, the flock. Um, you know, people can come up and be a pastor. They can, they can be a pastor, but you know, they're yeah. not going to have the same anointing, you know, unless they are called to that, you know, it's a calling. Yeah. It's not just a yeah, job. It's a calling, it's a calling yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, when I think of like the prayer warriors in our church, like Judy and Vicky Valerie and, and Vicky, Vicky yeah. and, and, you know. I don't know if Lynette's a part of it, but Lynette can. Lynette is, yeah, she's a prayer warrior. Okay. But when I think of those people, you know, it's just like, yeah, they, they're, they're able to get in that mode where they're just thinking, they're just like praying for the Holy Spirit to come into the place and yeah. just like for God's will to be done. And, yeah. you know, those are who I think of as like, wow, they have, they have an anointing over their lives. They have, you know, power in their prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're focused on Christ and his work. I mean, yeah. And that, and that is trained, but yeah, like you're saying, it's definitely a calling. It's yeah. definitely an anointing. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I was thinking about the, um, I think it was last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, that was like my big prayer. Like that was my prayer request. I don't know what was, I think you were there. Uh, but I think, when was this? Was this on Sunday maybe during the leadership meeting? But uh, anyways, Sunday, yeah. uh, I've been praying for like the Holy Spirit to like come into the place. Um, mm-hmm. and this actually started like last week and it's just been like coming like, I think, I don't know if this is just God, like just putting this on my heart as something to focus on, but yeah. um, I want to see, I want to see all, like I, I want to see altar calls. Yeah. Um, I think you were saying like you felt like someone, Oh, maybe it was me. I'm, I'm mixing, I'm mixing things up uh, the past couple of weeks, but were you saying that you thought someone was going to get saved tonight? I, I, I think, no, you said there was going to be somebody new. There's there, there was going to be, so, so I, I last, said, I felt like there was going to be new people. Yeah. yeah okay. That so, night. so last week, uh, that's, that's when I did communion, right? Yeah. So I, God said to me, someone's going to get saved tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because like at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of the service, uh, uh, my prayer was about the Holy Spirit, like having somebody be convicted about the, of the Holy Spirit. And God, yeah. God spoke to me before I went up and did communion. He was like, somebody's going to get saved tonight. Yeah. And I was just like, like really been focusing on this. Like we don't have altar calls. Like we don't have like, if yeah. you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we like don't open up that door. And so I think if we do communion, if I do communion, I would totally be down. Like if you guys don't have a relationship with this, like, and like opening that up and like, yeah, like, because we don't, we, I, we haven't done that. Yeah. Like we don't have altar calls. Like I, like at one conference, I like invite everybody up to the stage. We have a relatively small group in comparison to one conference, but very much so, but, but like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, but, but I guess what I'm saying is like, uh, opening, at least prompting them like, Hey, if you guys don't have a relationship with Jesus and you guys want to get started, the Holy Spirit's talking to you or like God's talking to you right now. Like, let's do it. Like, let's get you on board. Like we're with you. We're mm-hmm. on the same page here, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think communion would probably be a good time. It's always awkward at like the end of a message when it's like not about salvation or, yeah. or anything yeah. when like it's, that, when but... it's, when it's teaching about what the books of the Bible mean and yeah. how it connects to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be awkward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I would, I was just kind of thinking about that and like opening that up cause we don't have really done that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's definitely something to think about and, and, and yeah, it's like, one of these things that are just like spur of the moment things like uh baptisms like there was uh one one time where um they're powerful yeah yeah like matthew uh oh yeah 
So like, that was so cool. I was just meeting with him. I was going out to to lunch to talk with him just about because he had had a pretty significant experience at the one conference, which is in Portland at Manor House Church. If you guys want to look that up, um, and um, Portland, Oregon, and I just wanted to talk to him about that and see you know how he was feeling about his relationship with God because I it was just on my heart and I wanted to talk to him about it. Somehow in the conversation, I'm like, have you been baptized? Hmm. And he says, yeah, I've been baptized, but my grandmother kind of forced it on me. And Hmm. it wasn't really me making the decision to live my life for Christ, because basically a baptism is it's, it's you're walking in obedience to do what Christ did and declare your life for Christ. Yeah. It's it's just yeah, a walk a of obedience. Yeah. Well, it's not as much a public de- declaration as it is just declaring your obedience. Um, so I was like, you want to get baptized today? And he was like, let's do it. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's like, funny. so we went to the Columbia well, for, river for reference. How old is he? He is 16. Yeah. He's 16. Mm-hmm. He's a sophomore in high school right now. Um, he's, he's a leader in our youth group now. And, um, so uh, a, uh, intern, intern leader, <laughs> intern leader. So like he's a, he's a youth, youth leader, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went to the Columbia river. I got one of my other, um, my adult leaders to come and help with the baptism. And we, we dunked him. It was like 40 something, 40 something degrees in the water or something like that. It was really cold. And, um, yeah, no, it was just an amazing experience. And it was like, I felt filled like from that, you know, Mm. it was just like, I don't know something about like, you know, like this whole entire walk, it's, it's not for yourself. It's it's, for other people. It's for other people. You are being formed for like the service of others. Yes. You know, like once we're saved, you know, We've got it. We've yeah. got all we need. Yeah. So now we're just giving it to other people. Exactly. You know, so. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's very simple, but, and then, I mean, people obviously make it complicated with the legalities. And, yeah. And, and everything. And the right theology and the yeah. right doctrine. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Bible does talk about having sound doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 100%. But, but I don't think that's like the main focus. It's like, we're called to be fishers of men. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to be. I want to bring people to Christ. That's my. Yeah. And the enemy's going to do his the, his the best job that he can to get you away from that. Yeah, we're just followers of Jesus. We're just dip- disciples of yeah. Jesus, you know? We're just battle sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> battle sheep. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's super cool to see those things happening in the youth group. And those are like, you know, in all of the, you know, discouragement that you can have in youth group, like, you know, leading up to big events, like one conference, the devil always attacks. Oh, yeah. Summer camp, Last he always was, attacks. Yeah. Yeah, last or year earlier was pretty this bad. Year. Earlier this year, earlier yeah. This year. Yeah, it was it was really bad. But you did a great job of like identifying the fact that it was the enemy coming cuz we had a youth that got baptized in the Holy Spirit at that conference. Well, it was it was only because God was speaking to me about it and he was like, "Okay, this isn't from them. This is this is not from me. Mm-hmm. Like this anger that they have is not righteous anger. Mm-hmm. It is from the enemy wow. and it is meant to take you guys and pull you guys apart." Interesting. Because I mean the the we had two situations and both of the situations were like the purpose of these situations. Like if I'm thinking like I'm an enemy force and I'm trying to attack you, mm-hmm. they were trying to split us down the middle because these situations had to do with two youth 
and there was, you know, parents involved and there was, you know, people that were trying to pull each other apart. Conflict. Yeah. 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 And it would have split the youth group in half basically on who was going to one conference and who wasn't going to one conference. We got those situations uh, dealt with. We got them handled. At least I thought so. And then they came up three days before one conference. And then I just had to make a decision. I was like, okay, if you guys are going to bring division into youth group, we're not going to, we're not going to have you like, this is, this is plain and simple division. And so I, I talked to the, you know, parties involved and, um, one of them didn't go, one of them did go. And, uh, then at the youth group, like, like the day before it just starts snowing. And then there's this big question, like, is one conference going to happen? For exa- for for reference, uh, Portland doesn't put um, salt on the roads. They do not so, put salt. So no. It, when it snows, like the entire city shuts down. It so. becomes ice. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and there's no infrastructure. Like there's no snow plows or anything like that. Mm. It's just all ice, basically. Yeah, you just got to deal with it. Yeah. 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 So we did. We were waiting for one conference's response, and thank God that we have faithful, you know, Christians in leadership at Manor House Church yeah. in their youth ministry, yeah. because they were like, "It's on, it's on, it's yeah. on." You know, we're gonna go. We don't, and only literally, literally it's on, it's on, it's on. Yeah, three, they three they emails. sent <laughs> like three or four emails. It's on, you know, and um, it was so powerful. Yeah. Kids received Jesus. Kids experienced the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and there was only one youth group who couldn't attend in person, but they all attended online. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't hear about that. There was yeah, so in the in the pastors meeting, they told us, yeah, there was only one youth group who couldn't attend. Wow. Yeah. So that was that was amazing. That was a real blessing from God. And there was like people, there was there was youth groups coming from Mexico. Oh yeah. There was youth groups that. coming from like close to Canada and yeah. So it was really, really cool. And to see that, you know, some of the change that happened in our youth, I mean, there's always change. There's always change when they go to big conferences like that. And they're just like, they're lit on fire, you know, compared to the normal, you know, youth group and, you know, and not saying we got to spice it up a little bit once in a while. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We do. We do. Um, and there's something about being like being, in a group that big, like, because there's 4,000 kids that come to this, yeah. this conference yeah. and it, it's all because they want to see Jesus move. Yeah. When it's, that many believers come together, Jesus is sure. Yeah. He's going to move. He's yeah. going to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's also nice. Like I think for some of the youth just to see that they're not alone. Yeah. Like there are believers all around the world, all doing the same mission, all a part of the same yeah, gospel mission. It's encouraging. It's very sure. encouraging, and yeah. I, th- I think that's where the. I always, whenever I went when I was younger, I always came home and I would get sad. You know, yeah. after I mean, I'd be on, I would be on fire for about a week, and then it would mm-hmm. kind of, you know, kind of fall be off. Be the burnout. Yeah, then I, yeah, you hit burnout and stuff. But yeah, um, but I still love one conference. I think it's good for the. I think it's good for the youth. Yeah. Um, and as times keep progressing and like. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. I mean, God has it in his hands, but yeah. I think it's more and more important that we're still just like feeding our young people. Yeah. 100%. Like, I, I mean, we're young people and we should be getting fed, obviously. But yeah, but like um, I, I have a special heart for youth. Like, yeah. 
God put that in me Same. because yeah, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> youth pastor. Uh, I, like I, I remember what it was like to be youth and feel like I wasn't seen. And so I, that was like my big mission when I got started with John was to, that's so funny because I feel I felt the same way. Like really? I wasn't yet. Yeah, well, like, you know, I was kind of a normal kid, but I was in like, it was a weirder youth group. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, almost a little bit dis- discriminated for being the normal kid in the youth group, hmm. you know, like, I don't know if normal is the right word, but I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't at home because they didn't make me feel like I was at home. Hmm. You know, at least the I leaders we do a good job about doing that. Yeah, we. I, I think I we, try. I try. I yeah. mean, I think we all try as leaders yeah. because I mean, I think all of us as leaders are committed to the mission of giving Christ yeah. to these youth. Because I mean, in our area at least, it's like very prevalent that that kids are not getting Jesus. Yeah. Like most kids don't know Jesus. Yep. I think the Northwest is like number one yeah. area in the yeah. U.S. for for atheism. Yeah. You know, and just. I think we're also the number one for depression. Yeah. 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 And people chalk it up to like uh, seasonal affective disorder and all those things. But I, it's definitely because, you know, the only real sat- I mean, satisfaction, like like true satisfaction, true love that you can receive is from Jesus. And, you know, it's 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 crazy to see these kids who, you know, didn't have a relationship with Jesus before and to see them light up you know, after like having an experience, having a moment with Jesus, you know, to see their faces and to see like the love in their eyes, you know, because it's Jesus working in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Like I've been, so something that's super new, um, for me is I've taken, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm introverted, but I can be extroverted when I need to. I prefer to be introverted. (laughs) Right. For sure. I guess I. And I'm kind of awkward. I'm kind of awkward. Like, if <laughs> I won't go up and talk to you. If you talk to me, I'll strike up a conversation. But I'm not going to go out of my way to talk to people. You know, it's it's a fault of mine. And as a youth pastor, I should probably be more. And I try to do it with youth. When I'm, when I'm with youth, I make a point to go say hi to the new people. Mm. And I've been yeah, getting yeah, more I think that's a different. I think that's probably a different area. Yeah. It's like general friendship status of just. Just people, you know, at, at, it could be at church or at work or something. Or, yeah. You know, just, I'm the same way. I yeah. don't want to strike up a conversation with everybody. Yeah. Unless I'm forced to. Yeah. <laughs> by my, by my, by my uh, job title or whatever. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so our church isn't just, I mean, it, it, it's a church, but in our church, in our facility, there is a daycare that is uh, in the facility mm-hmm. and they work Monday through Friday. Um and I really felt, after having a conversation with your dad, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like, because I, I had been feeling it for a while where it's just like, I need to pray for these women. Yeah. I need to step out of my comfort zone because a lot of these women, yeah, <laughs> a lot of these women are coming from like places where they're either on the edge of homelessness or homelessness. And these are the teachers that are, you know, working with the daycare, um, or they're just really, they came from broken homes, um, you know, just broken people. Like, um, so I really felt like, oh my gosh, I need to just go and ask these ladies for prayer. And if they need prayer, if they need prayer, yeah. you know, I, I need to ask, ask those ladies if they need prayer. Yeah. And, um, 
so the first day I'm talking to myself and I'm like, okay, I need to do it. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen today. I need to do it. You know? And then I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. So I go in, I walk in the doors and I don't know why it might be because I'm intimidated a little bit by, by women a little bit, but, (laughs) but I go into the first classroom and they're just like, it's funny. We were just saying that we should, you know, there's two ladies in there in the infant's room and they're like, we were just talking about how we need prayer for our husbands or our partners um, who just got a new job. They both got a new job. Yeah, so I go into the first room. I pray for them um, and for their husbands for the new job. And then I go into the next room. Next room doesn't need prayer. Okay, cool. Uh, Then I go into the next room and there's like two people who need prayer and it's like they're having a hard time. You know, you can see it on their faces. They're having a hard time. Um, they won't go into, you know, they're not going into specifics, but they're just like, I need prayer, you know? And um, so I pray for them and it's a really good experience. Like I ask for their name, they ask for my name and we get to know each other a little bit. Um, and then I go into the next room and there's this girl who's um, young, probably like 22. And she's, I ask her for prayer, like if she needs prayer. And she's like, yeah, I would love prayer. And she's like, I'm getting married this Sunday. And if you could pray for that, I would love that. And we're trying to find a church. You know, currently we're going to Liberty Bible and I'm just not connecting with people or whatever. Different church. Doesn't matter the name. We're just not connecting with people. Um, Do you have any like young adults groups or youth groups? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you know, I connect her with the young, young adults group and, um, I pray for her and she she says, thank you. And, you know, and then there's these girls in the hall who are like, I really need prayer. I'm broken. You know, like they're dealing with the situation really need prayer. And I pray for them. And then they're like, can, can we have a hug? <laughs> and I'm not the most like, I don't like physical touch. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I don't like it when people are in my bubble, uh, you know, but occasionally, yeah. So I give her a hug, you know, whatever. And it's just like the Don, the the person who received healing is also the daycare director, um, Don. She gets a text in their group chat and she's like, somebody says, can we have prayer every day? You know, like people praying, coming in and praying for us every day. So I'm just like, okay, this is going to be the new normal. This is going to be the new normal. So, I mean, and there's been just some amazing experience, like even though it's only, I think three, three days in, four days in, I don't know. Um, There's been some amazing experiences where women have really needed prayer for certain situations. Are you doing that every day? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Every day that I'm here. That's cool. So I work like. Oh, you take Tuesday. Uh. I'm, well, you were here today. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So this week I'm going to take Friday off, but that doesn't matter. I'm trying to pray as much as I can um, for these women because I mean this this is the mission field. The mission field is people who because not not every single um, woman who works at the daycare knows Christ. Yeah. So it's like what better it's place? A, what better place? Yeah. No, that's, that's to share Christ. You know. Because not only is that like opening up the environment for God to kind of move, but like girls talk and yeah. like they're like, I don't know. I think that's going to be an open 
it's going to open up conversations between them about yeah. like, like, oh my gosh, like I, they prayed for me and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't know. It just kind of sparks the idea, like gives people think something to think about and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's a really good ministry opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Don and Candy are even talking about like wanting some of the, or inviting the ladies to go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And stuff yeah. Like no, no, no. There was just uh, like four teachers who came. Last. I saw that, yeah. Cause, yeah, well, I guess I was sitting in the back. Yeah, I think it was, it was, yeah, it was a couple of teachers. They're they're really nice ladies. Yeah. Um, but then, like, so today, I, I don't know why this popped into my head, but like today, I was, I, I went into a room and it was somebody who I'd prayed for, prayed for before, and um, and a new lady, and she, she I was like, uh, I asked the first girl that I knew, do you need prayer? She said yes, and you know, I prayed for her, and then the next lady that I didn't know, I, I asked, do you need prayer? And then she's like, uh, yeah, sure. What do people usually pray for? So you obviously knew that she hadn't, you know, she, she hadn't been raised in the church. Yeah. She doesn't know what prayer is. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, it can be anything. It can be, you know, whatever you're dealing with in your life. It can be, you know, stress, anxiety. Um, it can be praying for the things that you're happy, have, having now and, and, and thankful for. Um, but do you just want me to lead out in prayer? And she said, sure, fine. Um, do you just want to pray for peace in the classroom and in, in my work? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I prayed for her. I was like, God, give her peace in the classroom. It wasn't anything special or anything long. And then I start walking out of the classroom and she's like, I've never, like, she tells the other teacher, I've never had anybody ever pray for me. That was so cool. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was something cool. It was something that... That's so interesting because it's like growing up in the church, you like, you don't... It just seems like a normality. Yeah. You're just kind of like surrounded by it and like the language and everything like yeah. that. But like even uh, during one conference when Ben was driving us and stuff, he was, he was talking about some of, some of the times that he's like prayed for random people. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, he uh he has this big I, f- I forget like then how many ounces it is but it's like this massive cup that has like a bunch of you know guns and stuff all over it it's just mm-hmm. like his mug that he carries around but he goes into this place like three times a day to fill this thing up with with uh, i think it's like diet coke or diet pepsi or something no diet, yeah diet, coke, diet, diet, coke. diet coke it's definitely diet yeah, coke yeah, he's I, the diet I, coke he and guy. i argued about that actually <laughs> on our car ride but um he went in to go pray for the or not not to he, he went in to go refill his thing and um he heard the two ladies talk and they know him because he goes in there often. He always goes to the same place basically. But, um, he said that like just recently he was able to pray for her and like it completely changed the attitude that she had for him. But how often if you're working in like retail or something, does somebody come up and ask you if they can pray for you? Like yeah. that, that never happens. But yeah. like, when you grow up in the church, it's just this normal thing that everybody yeah. just knows about. Okay. Uh, I'll keep you in my prayers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they never stop and just pray, yeah, for, pray you. for you. Yeah. 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 No, that's, yeah, that's super interesting. And like, and, and to think like, you know, since I, I, I grew up in the church, I mean, you grew up in the church. It's like trying to put somebody, like put myself in those shoes of somebody who's never been exposed to yeah. the teachings of Christ yeah. and God, you know, yeah. God, the father. Yeah. Um, it's like, what is that like? What is that? What is that point of view like? You know, my dad experienced it, so I guess he's told me some of the stories. Is just like not knowing Christ and not gonna, not knowing God and yeah. being raised in a, you know, atheist home or yeah. whatever. Very worldly. Yeah. Like yeah. There and there's no hope. I mean, well, you, I mean, you you as humans like we try to find hope in yeah in like what we have and what we can yeah and like and that's like just how we're wired, but. It's until you find Jesus that you're like realize that it's like 
He is the true hope. Wow. Is- Every single other thing that I put my hope in wasn't even comparable. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's super cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super blessed to be at this church and to be serving at this church. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not just a job. It's definitely a calling because like now thinking back at my testimony to like, be like, Oh, I would have been miserable in the military, you know, not doing the thing that I like that I'm made for, you know, I'm made for youth ministry. I'm made to serve, you know, I'm made to, you know, give people Christ, you know, and, 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 and yeah, that's what I'm made for. And to think back and to think that I wanted to do something different, it's just like, it's wow. You know, like, because I've come this far. Yeah. I've come this far. I see the picture now. I see the picture that he's painting and I might not see, you know, how far in advance, like this ministry is going to go, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is, this is God's plan for me, you know, it is in the, yeah. It, it's pretty special, like realizing that you're on the path that God wants for you. Yeah. Um, God kind of picked me up and placed me where I'm at today. And I can't always say I like it because I wish that there was some fluidity and yeah. some like new yeah. things, you know, but, but at the end of the day, when like I think about like what's in my life right now with youth ministry, mm-hmm. with my job, um, with my family, like so many things, like I'm blessed. I, I know I'm blessed. Yeah. Um, God is good. Yeah. God is good. <laughs> yeah. Like that's uh, at the end of the day. That's, that's the truth. And I'm yeah. blessed. I want to start saying that more. Yeah. And it's like reaffirming those truths because like, I know, and we'll, we'll talk about our Gambia trip, like in I was another episode about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about because we went to Gambia, West Africa, but I was like super discouraged because you see so much fruit ready for the picking. Over oh there. my gosh. Yes. That's, that's a whole other topic. You yeah. see so many people ready for Jesus yes. to come into their lives. And it's like, I don't want to come back to America. You yeah. know, I don't want to come back to a place where, you know, people don't love Christ. I mean, and it's, it's, it's probably not everywhere in every yeah. place in America, but I mean, especially like in the culture where we live in, it's like, it's normalcy not to, have I, I don't know necessarily christian influence in your life yeah or if you say you have Chris, christian influence it might be like okay this is more religious than like abiding in christ living in christ you know it might be people who like attend church on sundays but you know and i'm not here to judge like people who you know live that life but that's what it feels like over here it feels it you know it's very dark yeah it's uh, very it's, dark it's like uh just in the like I had to drive, I have to drive through Portland sometimes and it's just, it's just, it's very, um, just drags you down in a sense. Like it yeah. kind of compresses you in a way. I don't know how exactly to describe it, but it's just it's a weight. It's, yeah. It's a weight. But it's when weight. we went to Gambia, it was just like, all that was like kind of lifted off. It's yeah. Just, it's like, there's a lot of faith. Like there's a tons of faith. Yeah. You can like feel and it. People just don't know where to put it. I mean, exactly. it's a majority, That's exactly the point. it's a yeah. majority Muslim country, yeah. like 97% Muslim. Yeah. And then the other is like, there's like an other religion and then there's, you know, 1% Christian. Yeah. So Christian is by far the minority yeah. uh, religion, um, faith that people walk. Which is why there's a ministry over there. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. But, but the people are amazing. They're, <sighs> they're amazing people. I, I, 
Something about, like, even on the plane, like, West African people are just so warm. Like, there's a difference, you know, in in the culture. But, you know, the comparison between our culture in the Northwest and their culture was just like, I don't want to go back, like... I was trying to convince myself, like, oh, this is like, and we 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 talked about it because yeah. we were staying in the same yeah. room, and yep. it was like, yeah, but that that that's gonna be something to talk about in a different episode. Um, what do you think? This is a good place to land it. Yeah. Do you want to pray us out? Sure. Okay. Cool. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to, um, you know, get to speak about your word and, um, you know, just spark up good conversation that. Maybe if people listen to it, it'll direct them towards you, God. I just pray that you would use this as a vessel to further advance your word, God. And um, not just that, but also like further my walk and further Brayton's walk. I just pray that you would guide us and and show us what we're doing and like just just guide where you want this to go. I just thank you for this opportunity that that you put in front of me and in front of Brayton and for sparking up the idea in Brayton's mind, God. Um, And yeah, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to the Talking Bible Podcast, and we will be coming out with episodes every Friday. Um, Yeah. Stay tuned.